Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. I don't know about you but as I followed the events of this past, um, past week um, there have been many moments when I've, that have had quite an effect on me. I've felt quite emotional in some way, whether it's um, watching people's rea- reactions as, as the Queen's coffin has passed by or as they've gone to, to see her um, in Westminster Hall or um, listening to what people have, have to say about the Queen and how her life connected with so many, so many, and in some cases they'd never met her. In many cases, actually, they'd never met her. And one thing that really resonated with me listening, was listening to a short clip of the speech that MP Tim Farron gave in the House of Commons last week as the MPs gave their tributes to the Queen. And it really stirred me, it really spoke to me. It's only about 30 seconds long, but just listen to what he had to say just in this part of his speech. ...to us all, and has been said already, but the constant in her life was her faith in Jesus Christ. Now, let's remember this, that for many people, you know, it may have been, but for her, it was not a perfunctory ceremonial faith. It was a living, active faith in a living Saviour. Let us remember this, that we have sung for 70 years God save the Queen. If her faith is accurate, I am certain it was. God has saved the Queen. We have sung those words, God save the Queen. And I don't know about you, but I've perhaps not really thought much about those words as I've sung God save the Queen over the years. But that really was her prayer, that God would save her. And I shall sing them, I think, with a little bit more understanding and meaning now to the new king, um, whenever that happens now. I thought just that section of his speech was, was really great and really spot on. Over these past few days, the Queen's faith has enabled people to talk about faith so much more freely and easily, hasn't it? Because she had a living, active faith. Bishop Graham Tomlin, who is the director of the Centre of Cultural Witness based at Lambeth Palace, believes that the death of the Queen has unearthed a latent spirituality in people. And he posted this tweet on Twitter this past week, which said this, If you're wondering why the Queen's death has affected you so much, feel a sense of loss even though you never knew her, find yourself admiring her dignity and wisdom, then why not try out the faith that, she, that, that gave her strength? Start with a simple prayer to God to become real to you. Tim Farron said that her faith was a living, active faith. Hebrews 11 reminds us what faith is, being sure of what we hope for and being certain of what we do not see. 
The Queen's faith enabled her to be sure of what she hoped for and certain of what she didn't see. What did that faith enable her to hope for? She had the hope of salvation, a new life free from sin. She had the hope of a a constant presence and guide in her life. She had the hope of an inheritance in heaven because of her faith in Jesus Christ. This was a faith that literally stood the test of time in the good times and the bad. And I really felt today compelled to speak about this because maybe some of us here are wondering why her death has had an effect on us in such a way. And and I, I actually think perhaps, and it probably is for me, that it is because she stayed true to her beliefs the whole life through. And perhaps we are just not used to seeing that in this day and age in such a public figure where the media focuses on gossip and scandal and negativity, and we're living in what General John Gowans writes in his song, A World of Shifting Values. And so I was led to this Bible reading today, which I think sums up the Queen's testimony, but also is a great help to us as we prepare to grapple with changes that have come about in our society because of our death, and how we as Christians move forward in faith with a constant being promised to us by a faithful God and live out the legacy of the Queen and and make the most of this opportunity right on the wave, so to speak, to guide others to know this faith and hope as well. Peter penned these words about 30 years after Christ's death and resurrection. He was writing to encourage the persecuted Christians of Asia Minor. Peter addressed those who were feeling discouraged, displaced, depressed, or in danger, and told them that they needed to take hold of, their living, of the living hope through the power of the resurrection in Jesus Christ. The power with which Peter aims to equip these beleaguered saints is the power of hope. Peter's letter has been called the Gospel of Hope. A great characteristic of the Christian life is that we live in hope. Christian hope sustains us in the midst of difficulties, for hope is born out of full full confidence, belief, and a trust in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Living in the light and life of Jesus' resurrection does not exempt us from life's difficulties, but resurrection hope does diminish the debilitating power of them. So we don't just endure but we live victoriously as we experience the life and joy of Christ Jesus, which is a foretaste of glory divine. And so I think I can see that this message divides into three types of hope. Firstly, of course, he talks about this living hope. Peter begins this main body of his letter in verse 3 with with praise for the wonder of salvation. He says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What is a living hope? What is the hope we now have that only the resurrection of Jesus Christ can give us? A living hope is a hope that never dies. Isn't that an amazing thought? A hope that never dies. The Christian hope in Christ is as certain and as sure as the fact that Christ is alive. He's here living means that the believer's hope is sure, certain, and real, as opposed to the deceptive, empty, false hope the world offers. 
Christian believers have a living hope because Jesus is alive. We've just sung about it. Our hope is based on the solid evidence of Jesus' resurrection. The Bible tells us over 500 people witnessed the resurrected Christ, including the disciples and Paul himself. Seeing the resurrected Christ changed their lives and gave them a living hope. Those who have been born again have a living hope through their new life in Christ. This constantly living hope is that death is not the end. A man had a checkup and then went to see his doctor to see the results. The doctor said he'd better sit down, that he had bad news and worse news for him. The doctor asked the man, what do you want to hear first? The man was a bit puzzled and he said he'd rather hear the bad news first. The doctor said, the bad news is that you only have 24 hours to live. When he heard that, the man jumped up, totally shocked. He paced back and forth and said, 24 hours to live. I I can't possibly get my affairs in order that quickly. I can't believe this. What could be possibly worse news than this? The doctor said, the worst news is I was supposed to tell you this yesterday, but I forgot. (laughs) Death is certain. I remember my history teacher, Dr. Scott, often saying that quote, the only thing that are inevitable in life is death and taxes. Death is inevitable. It's sure to happen. But so is the Christian's hope of eternal life. The Christian's hope in Christ is as certain and as sure as the fact that Christ is alive. Because Jesus arose from the grave, we know that death is not the end. We know evil does not win. We know God forgives our sins. We know the blood cleanses and protects us. We know new life is an option. We know a better tomorrow is coming. I wonder, do we always live in that knowledge and hope? Well, do you? For much of recorded history, many have been unsure whether there is really life after death. Even today, many claim that life is, is all there is. They think of the end of this life is just worm food. But because Jesus rose, we now have a hope in the certainty that one day we too will rise again, that we too will live again. The Bible calls Jesus the firstborn of the dead. Because of Jesus' re- resurrection, we have a certain hope that even when we die, we will live again. That is a living hope. And because of that living hope, we have a future hope. A hope includes the promise of a better tomorrow. Verse 4 says, into, the inherit- into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. The inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Our future hope is our inheritance. What is this inheritance for you and I as believers Well, let's look how it's described for us in this verse. Our inheritance can never perish. It is incorruptible. The word means that it does not age, deteriorate, or die. He says, our inheritance can never spoil. It means that our inheritance in heaven will be free from sickness, disease, infection, accident, suicide. All these things that we suffer with on earth, they will not exist in heaven. Our inheritance can never fade away. It will last forever and ever. Our new and perfect bodies will never wear out. They will last forever. And our inheritance is in heaven. 
It's kept there for us. It's actually being held there by God himself for us as his children. God is simply waiting for us to finish what he's given here, given us here on earth to do, then go to heaven and receive our inheritance. I thank God that it's in heaven because everything here dies or fades away. However, our inheritance in, in heaven will never fade away. You know, when we sing that final verse of the beautiful song of Charles Wensley's Love Divine that says, finish then this new creation, pure and spotless, let us be. Let us see thy great salvation perfectly restored in thee. Change from glory into glory till in heaven we take our place, till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love and praise. That's our inheritance. This is our future hope. What an amazing thing to look forward to. So we have our living hope. We have our future hope. But we have this hope here in the present, a present hope. Because of our living hope, we can place our faith in God's protection. As verse 5 teaches us, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Not only is this inheritance guarded, but heirs who have been born into that inheritance are shielded by God's power. Shielded. It's a military term used to refer to a garrison within a city. God has promised to shield us, to keep us safe with his power as we walk in faith with him. What greater hope could be given to those undergoing persecution than the knowledge that God's power guards them from within to preserve them for an inheritance of salvation that will be completely revealed to them in God's presence. Note we are shielded. We are kept by the power of God. It's not us holding on to him. It's him holding on to us. He reminds me when I would hold the girls' hands as we were crossing a road, and they might try to pull away or they might kind of loosen their grip, but it wouldn't matter because although they thought they might be holding my hand, in reality, I was holding theirs and I was not going to let go. So too, we think we're holding on to the Lord, but in reality, he's holding on to us. We're protected, we're kept by his power. Peter's telling the believers who no doubt were wondering if when the temperatures rose and persecution came, they would be able to hold on. I want you to know, Peter says, you have an inheritance waiting for you that can't be taken away from you. You are kept by the power of God and he is committed to seeing you through. All that remains for you to do is believe. Verse 6 indicates that a living hope also results in present joy. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter encourages, encouraged his readers to put their knowledge into practice, their response, if they truly grasp the tremendous theological truths taught so far, is that they would greatly rejoice. Knowledge alone can't produce the great joy in the face of persecution. Christians are responsible to respond in faith, put their faith into action. Faith turns sound doctrine into sound practice. And this kind of faith, enabled by our living hope, can cause believers to rejoice even when they are called to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter is stressing that a Christian's joy is independent of their circumstances. The trials themselves are seen as occasions of joy. 
Though trials may cause temporary grief, they cannot diminish that deep abiding joy which is rooted in one's living hope in Christ Jesus. In other translation, verse 6 says, You now rejoice in this hope, even if it is necessary for you to be distressed for a short time by various trials. You know, this word distressed in the same, is the same word used to describe what Jesus felt in the Garden of Gethsemane when he sweat great drops of blood. So Peter isn't minimizing the reality of what the readers were fearing or feeling. What you're going through may be distressful, he says, but it's only for a season. Heaven's eternal, so rejoice greatly. It's a bit like if you're going on a great holiday abroad, but you have a a massive fear of flying. You know you've got to get through the flight to enjoy the holiday. If you don't, don't go on the flight, you don't get the holiday. Suffering is perhaps another thing that is inevitable in life, but the person who suffers will grow stronger if they're attentive to what the Lord is saying. I'm sure that many here can personally testify that we could have done without some of the painful experiences in life. But we couldn't have done without the spiritual and life lessons learned from them. C.S. Lewis says, God whispers in our pleasures, but shouts in our pain. Perhaps the Lord recognizes that we are more likely to pay attention to his voice during times of distress. While such difficult times are pleasant, we wait on the Lord patiently. If we refuse to become bitter, we'll learn the priceless lessons of grace that adversity can bring. These trials are part of the refining process that burns away impurities and prepares us to meet Christ. Verse 7 says, These trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. When I read of this, I kept thinking of that picture of the gold cross that was shining amongst all the burning debris after the Notre Dame Cathedral. I think we've got a picture of it. And when I saw it, I was reminded of the words that um, Joni Erickson Tada sang, called I Am Willing, Lord. And the, the line in that that says, If when I'm put through the fire, I'll come out shining like gold. Oh, Lord, please don't ever stop working on me till I see I can be all you want me to be. This is what Peter emphasizes over and over through his letter as he sets out his sights on the big picture on heaven. Peter encourages his readers to trust in Jesus, live obediently in hard circumstances, and keep their hope fixed on God's ultimate purpose of deliverance and their heavenly reward. To those who are feeling discouraged, displaced, depressed, or in danger, Peter addresses the issue by saying, We have a living hope based on the resurrection of our Lord and Saviour. I think that's what the Queen lived out. I think that these words are tremendous uplift as we move through these times. And perhaps whatever else might be going on for you personally at the moment. And my question is simply this. Are you experiencing this living hope? Do you have it? Are you living it out? God the Father offers you a hope that you can have and maintain by faith. He has done all the impossible part so that you must, all you must do is believe and live your life for him. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth 
into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me pray with you. Father, I want to praise and thank you for the living hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you that he is the same yesterday, today and forever and that we have been placed in union with him. Thank you for the confident assurance we have in him, knowing that our inheritance of our eternal future is secured for us in heaven with you. Thank you that our hope is firmly anchored and eternally secured to Christ, the rock of our salvation. And I pray that day by day we may hold fast to the hope that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, knowing that Jesus is the mainstay of our soul and who is both sure and steadfast, faithful and true. And Lord, this morning as we pray just now, if there's someone here who doesn't have that hope or has lost that hope, Will you help them to experience it again? Will you do something in their life, whether it be in a conversation with somebody, some words they hear, or just a sense of peace, which will increase their faith and help them to have a living hope in you once again? I praise and thank you for our wonderful hope in Christ, who died for each of us so that we might have an abundance of hope in this world and in ages to come, life everlasting. To him be all praise and glory, world without end. Amen. Amen. Adrian mentioned, in, uh, as he spoke last week, um, of Julian, Norwich, Julian of Norwich's famous words of hope, all shall be well. It's not said in a twee or easy way, because a living hope means sometimes that we do have to say those words through gritted teeth. That's what Peter is saying in his letter. But the important thing when we say that is that we believe it and we live it out even when our teeth are gritted. That's a living hope. And so our closing... Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.